0: living in a world gone geek it's time to geek hard or go home the podcast is real here's your host grounded geek
1: hey thank you deep voiced man for introducing another episode of the podcast is real here from world gone geek i am grounded geek as the man said and we have a great show we have a guest here tonight that i'm very excited to to talk to, I'm going to bring up, uh, you know, my good friends Utah and Aaliyah. Here they are. Hello, um, uh, I am waving. As we tend, as we tend to, uh, Utah <laughs> usually has a gadget at the top of the show. So let's find out what he's playing with today.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Well, so today you at home can just me?
1: imagine what he's playing with. But Wait, so <laughs> yeah, okay. on <laughs> So describe it well, Utah, because I just left that open for any kind of imaginary thing. We don't want that. So, so
2: what this is, is a actual um, Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, I'm just kidding.
1: It's um, <laughs> so It looks like a lollipop. It's a live Tyrannosaurus Rex. Where it's did live you get A
2: Tyrannosaurus that? Rex from Mr. DNA. He's in your blood. <laughs>
1: That's right.
2: Uh, <laughs> this is a mini version of a uh, what they call the Candy Bong Z, which is a light stick for a K-pop group that my daughter and I are oh. big fans of. Um, called Twice. They're nine very lovely and very talented women. Um, And this may be the last time they tour, so I wanted to make sure that I could take Simi to see her favorite K-pop group live at least once, right? Mm. Um, So yeah, all the big K-pop groups have light sticks of varying designs. It's basically a a battery-powered LED light that can do different patterns and this, that, and the other, and I just have a small version of it, and it does little different things. It's, you know, just a little thing.
1: So how was the Um,
2: concert? You guys had fun? Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. I'm still kind of like on the high, post-concert high. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: And and I think it's a combination of various things. Number one, um, being a big fan of Twice, um, they also, um, one of the members was having some anxiety uh, and and mental health issues. So she didn't perform uh, their concerts in Korea, but she came over to North America and she performed. So we had the full- Full full group of nine members performing live, which oh, hasn't happened in, in two and a half years. Then. She seems to be doing great, and she's getting a lot of love from the crowds. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's mm-hmm. chanting her names anytime she's on stage or on the f- screen. So, um, I think that helps a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then so, also, I'm
1: gonna have to just look them up on Spotify because
2: you should, because there's some really catchy tunes there. Um, well, and right also so. the fact that I haven't seen a live. I haven't right? been to a concert or seen any live yeah. performances of any, so of any sort, like- yeah, in happen. over two two and a half years, and so it was um, it was electrifying. It was so incredible to feel that because I mean, you don't get there's a certain energy and vibe yeah. that you mm-hmm. get from going to a performance of any sort, right? From the crowd and from from the performers, um, and so that was incredible to to to, to feel that again. Um, we were double masked. Everybody actually was great. Everybody in the audience was masked, as far as we saw. Everyone had to uh, have proof of vaccination, um, so that helped my anxiety level a little bit in terms of large crowds and small indoor spaces, because <laughs> yeah. I still have that kind of anxiety. Um, but the fact that everybody was so respectful about that, and it was—it wasn't even a mandate, like because it's Texas, they're very lax about all that stuff. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, the venue just basically said, "We strongly suggest and encourage you wear a mask, but you don't have to, and we're not going to enforce it." Um, but everybody yeah, that we anyway. saw, yeah, and so that that I think that speaks to the demographic of the fandom um, cool. more than anything else. Uh, are there are
1: um, nine women in this group.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I met. Yeah, there are the, nine.
1: That is, yeah. the, I just I, th- I thought you had said that. But I said that, nine when I put it up on Spotify. I'm, there's a picture, and I'm like. There's a lot of people in one group. <laughs> now, do they play yeah. instruments or are they all no?
2: Like they're they're, like it, they're, they're all and... vocalists, vocal dance rap. Um, right. So, so they, dan- you know, they have a backing track. Um, you know, they're, they're like, they're like the boy and girl groups that we had <laughs> growing, you know, back in the, the Well, I always 90s. wondered
1: how they, how, you know, One Direction. So Ra- Rachel was in like way in the huge one D yeah I, right. I went I I went to a 1D concert, to a concert with her yeah yeah <laughs> um she's also really big into BTS which is another mm. k-pop, group.
3: Another k-pop um, group and
1: I've always wondered how groups like One Direction or the Backstreet Boys or New Kids or any of those decide who gets to be lead on this song if there's mm. nine people <laughs> do they like do they they rotate through do they like, it's like, yeah, yeah, is yeah. It it's,
2: it's just it's just like bts uh, you know they're um it's interesting that, and i'm sure this happens in in american pop uh, groups and we just don't hear about it but in k cop k-pop groups are actually like roles named roles basically mm. for groups so there's like a, a main vocalist lead vocalist main dancer lead dancer rapper um and then I'll, a lot of the times I know BTS and, and twice do this a lot is they will, they have line distributions. So like the best vocalists will probably get the most singing lines because they're the best singers. Um, but they try and make sure everybody gets at least something in the song. Yeah. So they do a lot of, they definitely do a lot of rotation. Um, but like for twice, there are about three or four members that do probably the majority of the singing, Okay. but they all get a chance to shine, which is nice. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Cause you know, like in a, in a band with, instruments and stuff it's like
2: it's different you know
1: what everybody's role is that's why i wasn't sure but yeah so they have different roles and stuff that makes Mm -hmm, sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i was just i'm just like you know nine girls (laughs) they all come in with songs that they've written and it's like we're gonna do my song this week i get to be lead i don't know
2: and it's interesting and 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 i don't know uh, i don't know how it is with with a lot of other groups but um they also put out a lot of content they have like a, a kind of like a variety reality show that they put out uh uh I'm sure they've, and they've obviously taped it like last year, yeah. but they have like little reality show or a variety show that uh, and a new episode drops every week. Mm. So like in between concerts or, or album releases, they're constantly pumping out content to keep their fans kind of satiated. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in all the stuff, there's some like behind the scenes videos and this, that and the other, they really do seem to be a family and they've been together. Um, they're a, they've been together since uh, 2015. <clears throat> And even earlier than that, because, you know, that was when they debuted, but there was a lot of training involved mm-hmm. before they debuted. So a lot of these girls have known each other for, gosh, at least half of their lives.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you get that family dynamic for sure. They're definitely There's definitely more than just, hey, we're just nine talented people that are in the group. Mm-hmm. They really do feel like a sisterhood, and it's that's sweet to see. It's very wholesome.
1: Cool. So you got their final show.
2: Uh, we got to see them in Fort Worth. They're actually their last show of, uh, their tour, North American tour is tonight in New York city. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, so I'm, tr- I'm going to turn off my discord cause I'm on a discord server of, of we call it the twice chord server of, um, a whole bunch of twice <laughs> fans from all over the place. And some of them are actually at the concert. And so it's the notifications are starting to fly I gotcha. and I can't be, I can't be distracted because oh, I have, you know. I otherwise we're going to sit here and stare at like you know, <laughs> live, right. live streams of the concert and, you know, waving at, you know, anyways.
1: <laughs> All right. Aaliyah, what have you been up to since we saw you last? Anything exciting? Uh, we haven't talked about your dating life in a while. <laughs> oh yeah. So how's, what's his name? Was That's it Tony? The, you just put it out there. I, I put it out there. Uh, Tommy? Uh, <laughs> I don't
2: remember. Tristan?
1: <laughs> uh, tomas his name was tomas no. oh no? gosh no you don't have to talk about it i was just um, tor- tor- ali's yeah.
4: dating life has been is non-existent for right now for anyone that's listening okay. that ever wanted to know <laughs> uh, well, having i having mean, fun
1: i saw the photos on facebook we, you guys you guys went out you guys, there what was, was some bowling yeah. place you guys went to
4: Oh yeah. So it was in, if you guys are in Cleveland listening, uh, there is a place in the flats
2: called there's something in the social, social club.
4: Oh yeah. Yes. Social club. So the we as is,
1: is crazy now, man. They turned it into like a big old, I had no idea.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome. Um so they have bowling. What
1: else do they have there? So
4: there they had a bunch of stuff actually. They had bowling. They ha- it was like an arcade area. Of course, they had like four bars. Um they had two <laughs> well, <laughs> downstairs and two upstairs. Um, isn't
2: there like a little concert venue there too?
4: Yeah, like yeah. They had like there's a yeah, little yeah. stage there where they do live music. Um, mm-hmm. it's an eatery. They had um a pool table upstairs we we did the the bowling and the pool um because everything it else like was, it pretty was your own little private yeah well lanes, it wasn't right? supposed to be that way though like the the people that had signed us up for the bowling i guess they just really liked me and my friend so um mm-hmm. they ended up giving us our own mm-hmm. little section so yep.
2: No dating news, huh?
4: Mm-hmm. No, it was a female, guys. Oh, okay, it was well, a female. Well, I um, mean, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, you're right. Interested. Well, either way, we took it and we ran with it. But we were, we just had fun, and then that was one of the things that we were really doing. Um, just you know, I've been volunteering at church a lot, so um am the production team there. Helping them out with the camera and stuff, I uh, did that this morning. Gosh, I was up at like seven thirty, um, up very early to go and help. Um, and that's been really great. And then, honestly, just going to different restaurants and trying new foods oh, and just living that life. Yeah, yeah. Trying new food, trying, trying to picture, you know taking stuff. pictures of
2: the new foods. Yeah, posting pictures <laughs> yeah. of the yeah, new foods. Got
4: to take the pictures. But we started doing like. A, like a food journey, like a flu food vlog, I guess you could say. Oh um,
2: a, fl- a flog. A
4: flog. Yes, a vlog. <laughs> I'm sure that's a food food uh item in some other country. Um a, a flog. Um a food log.
1: Yes.
2: I guess it would be a I guess it would be a vlog a, f- a food. So is it
1: f- is it out there somewhere where people can subscribe? Yeah, what the heck? We oh, need is it just a project you guys are working on? No, uh
4: it was on my friend's. Instagram. I think we're gonna okay. make like a oh,
2: something informal. Like
4: yeah, like. yeah, very informal. But we might start like our own little TikTok or there something you go. like that, Jeez, yeah. um, Holy to where God. people and can you just start, start looking. But here. I've been trying to do work on like my animations and use that creativity. I guess you could <gasps> nice. say. So Look that's kind of what I've been up to. And then um, as far as things that I've been watching, I've been binging Pretty Little Liars. I don't oh. know if you guys are familiar with that show, but I never it, found though. out who A was. I it came oh, out when I was saying. it came well, out when I was a kid well. and I got so annoyed okay, with okay. trying to well, have right. to figure out who A was every single don't episode. Say.
1: Don't, don't I know, say. not I know we're liberal with spoiler alerts for things that have been gone that mm-hmm. past, but we actually know that at least one person have you have you seen it, Utah? Uh, I've show? seen yeah,
2: I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen You some watched of all of it? Yeah, I, I didn't watch all of it. Okay, I so then, but, yeah, we don't want to spoil. So I, no haven't, I haven't watched
1: even a single episode, but I've always seen the commercials, and it's like, who is A? And I, so that made me interested. Yeah. I just never, you know, I'm, well, always, is- I'm always watching something else. So I, <laughs> that's why I I've never mean, gotten to that. Don't get me wrong. It is, obviously. It's Kaiser
2: Jose. <laughs> yeah.
4: It is corny, but it's also really good.
1: It, I like funny. mystery stuff like that, uh, but. It seems like they have they they were having a good time with that show. Like mm-hmm. people, were, it was just like you know, just kind of doing crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so. It seems
2: it looks enter- it's entertaining. It's you know not highbrow stuff, but.
1: Mm-mm. Well, I want to make sure that I let people know. So I've been doing some uh, different like charitable things uh, recently. Most recently, we had the Night to Shine, which is a special needs prom. We did it virtually, and I DJed and MC'd that, which was a lot of fun. Uh, great 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 night just awesome time even though uh you know we couldn't all be together this time we did it virtually and it was a blast um but this weekend uh something even cooler is happening even cooler they're both cool i don't know i'm trying to hype it up <laughs> another,
2: another cool thing
1: yes i'm trying to hype it up it's not cooler it's just also cool um <laughs> Uh, St Baldrick's is coming up on for us here in Cleveland March 5th many many cities and where you might live uh they could be different times but what St Baldrick's is is it is a charity that a foundation that funds research for pediatric pediatric cancer treatments and and cures so uh, some of you may know if you've been listening for a while, or if you don't, my daughter uh, went through chemo during the pandemic. So at the beginning of the pandemic was also the beginning of her cancer cancer journey, which was quite uh, you know something. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that this kind of research exists and the treatment that helped her wouldn't exist, and so uh, people don't realize that kids get different cancers. Like there's different cancers that that only, you know, that come early in childhood. A lot of the research money and grants from the government go to cure adult cancers. Cause obviously there's a lot more of that going on and, and it makes sense, but very little is earmarked towards just that kind of research. St. Baldrick's is changing all that. We do a lot of that research right here in Cleveland, Ohio. We, I'm doing cancer research, um, <laughs> cancer research right here in Cleveland, is done at uh, the Cleveland Clinic. It's done at UH, uh Rainbow Babies and Children's <laughs> Hospital, which is where I used to work and where Rachel was taken care of. That they get funded. They've actually gotten grants from St. Baldrick's. So some of the money that I've raised for St. Baldrick's actually came back to Cleveland. Not just me uh, raising it. Came back to <laughs> Cleveland and helped uh, people, you know, help helped people around the world because these cures and treatments go everywhere. Anyway, what is it? Why is it Baldrick's? Uh, they always do it around St. Patrick's and you shave your head. So you raise money, you shave your head. And uh, in solidarity with people who don't have a choice, who are going through cancer treatment, um, my middaughter lost all of her hair. Um, she actually did St. Baldrick's that year with me uh, because she was determined not to let cancer uh, take her hair. So she mm-hmm. shaved it before that even started. So she was bald when, when St. Patrick started. Or St. Baldrick started, and she hadn't even gone started treatment yet. But sorry, I I, I, I start rambling on this subject well, because it's very uh, you know very impor- important to me. Well, and it it's very emotional. I, I get a little emotional about it. Sure. Yeah. Totally. But I really really care about these kids at Rainbow. You know, I worked there for seven years ish with mm-hmm. if you count volunteer time too. Um, really love uh, that place and love what they're doing for the kids. Met a lot of kids. Um, said goodbye to a few um it's just really you know it's really tough and so it's really on my heart to do this uh charity the saint baldrick's type of thing and I, i'm not gonna shave the beard um because my <laughs> wife would would kill me um but i am gonna shave everything that's up here and i haven't cut it since like january or february so it looks ridiculous Wait, so i'm wearing the hat like every, all the time everything
2: now. I, I didn't see i didn't see any any what
1: what are you what looking mean? for
2: <laughs>
1: it's just my head
2: Oh, I see a little bit of hair up there. Okay, okay.
1: I have hair. I, gotta, <laughs> I still have a really good head of hair for somebody my age. That's what I think.
2: Uh, you
5: do I'm just. Jeff. That's what What is he?
1: He's just. He's not even just,
4: receding yet. I'm. I'm proud of that. Come on. He's just coming <laughs> well, for you because you can't. You know. I know. Do his thing. I can't,
2: uh, but do do what thing?
4: It's what? like oh. it's like the it's like Jesse from Full House. That that's how Utah is with his hair. <laughs> Gotta have it
1: perfectly quaffed. I just wanted to use that word. Quaffed. Yes, that, that was a great word.
2: It's uh, but, so funny because it's so far from the truth. I
1: know. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute! Saint is I'll this be Uncle <laughs> And so if you'd like to support us, I'm going to make sure that in the show notes and the YouTube uh, description, if that's where you happen to see this or just follow us on uh, at World Gone Geek, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the all the socials where World Gone Geek, you can find out more how you can donate even just a little bit, five bucks, whatever. It doesn't matter. All of that goes towards uh, research to help uh, fight pediatric cancer. I'm going to uh, MC this event. I've emceed it for the last 10 years this will be my 11th Mm -hmm. year doing this it's one of my just like night to shine this is one of my favorite days of the year it is so great and it's so fun to see all these people come out and do that we're going to be virtual again also uh, but i will be down at rainbow rachel will be with me she's going to shave my head and we're going to do that live for the for the event but we need your help if you're willing to donate that'd be awesome again, the link is below. If you're uh, listening on this podcast, it's in the show notes, but I'm going to say it too, just for the benefit. St. Baldrick's.org slash participant slash grounded geek. So there you go. Or you can just go there and look up grounded geek and you'll find me. Uh, I also started a team, Rachel's lymph homies, lymph homies. Uh, Yeah. That was, she came up with that, I guess. And so (laughs) that's the team you could join. If you want to shave your own head, right. And be a part of this or go to a, a, a participating, participating barber here in Cleveland, please, uh, please join. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You don't have to donate to me, raise your own money. And for St. Baldrick's so all goes to the same place. all doing good things. So, do they
4: do anything with the hair? So like if I, so yeah, no,
1: if you have long enough hair to donate, yes, they will do the whole donation thing. Uh, they, they take the ponytails. That was what Rachel did the first time she did this. All she did was cut it really short and donated her hair mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years after that, she shaved it. Uh, and then just this, you know, in 2020 she shaved it because she was getting ready to go through chemo. So, um, and just for a little backstory, like Rachel didn't have cancer until 2020 and we've been supporting St. Baldrick's s- s- for 11 years now, before that, yeah, which is just kind of, you know, you never think about it until it affects you personally but um this is just something that we've always been cared about and then it affected us too so anyway that's st baldrick's we hope that you'll check that out and uh we're gonna get the show moving uh he's been sitting in here listening to all of our banter for so long i was like (laughs) he's still here thankfully i was worried that he might just i might look down there and he has disconnected (laughs) gone to sleep but i have to go our guest is a Cleveland native, so we're we are we have got a, a hometown boy here tonight who is also uh, a software engineer, which you know fits world gone geek quite well, is geeky enough on its own. But he decided he wanted to take it a step further. He's also a screenwriter, and he's worked on American Gods. He's worked on a, a Apple TV show called Calls, um, and now he is currently working on the origins of Blade Runner comic book which is awesome i love blade runner a you guys know that um and here he is his name bella brown welcome to the show hey it's
0: a pleasure thanks for having
1: me no we're grateful that you're here man i uh i i, I just i finished volume one i'm in volume two is about to come out uh soon right in just a couple of weeks right for uh yeah. origins blade runner origins
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, the Volume Two, due to the paper shortage in the world, is happening right now. But um, Volume Two was pushed oh, back wow. to March twenty-second. Uh, it was actually supposed yeah. to be out uh, this month. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of reasons right now to support your local comic book shops. Wow.
1: Wow. wow, I did not know that.
0: You, you well, now you wouldn't made me feel really guilty because
1: shortage. Utah was telling me how he had ordered the, <laughs> each of them individually, and I bought the collection. Uh, uh you know uh, on Kindle because I wanted to get it fast and read it um no i well i
2: mean i'm going to i'm, I'm going to have
1: to go and start getting the individual so, i mean there's certain comics i i got to have you know i got to own right right absolutely. Yeah, I, i'm yeah. just old school I, mean, I, just, as well. I
2: just like the feeling and the smell yes yes
1: i got <laughs> you know. boxes of them in here i haven't bought a comic book though in several years so yours I, Mello, well. might be the first one i've bought in since <laughs>
2: Prices have changed. <laughs> well, I, I will be honest. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So you grew up here in Cleveland and I would love to know a little bit about your journey to being a software engineer who writes uh, screen <laughs> screenplays and comic books.
0: Yeah. Um, I, uh, software engineering is actually something I taught myself. Um, so that was kind of an interesting process. Um as a Clevelander who was like born and raised, was also in that seat of just like you know, I I I I love Cleveland. I Also, want to take a swing for other places and other cities mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, the first place that I landed at, due to that was around the time like the, the casinos were coming into Cleveland. They uh, were just like, "You're doing a g- good job here. We're going to ship you off to Baltimore." And I was involved with uh, building. One of the world's outdoor uh, first outdoor slot machines, and uh, wow. we got very lucky with that. Where that was like bringing in a ton of money. It was another horseshoe casino at the time. And then uh, while that was happening, everything that was building up to, well, like the Boston riots and stuff like that, started to happen. And so I immediately left that job because I was just like, hey, they, they are, they were a part of the problem in terms of. Uh, what they were doing to the area mm-hmm. and the governor was kind of using that business to kind of like do their best to gentrify around there. It, it's mm-hmm. like if the Cleveland scenario would have went way worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we would have had like the wrong people in place, they're just like, let's just like steamroll everything around us, Right. Um, so in the process of that, I was just like, I want to help this neighborhood, start cleaning stuff up, started build, rebuilding things, things like that. Um, was in like a bad place where I was just like, I don't know where I want to work. Uh, ended up taking that over to New York for a bit, working at hackerspaces while also working with uh, Complex Magazine. And um, wow. I got, got very lucky where they were just like, You're, you could be our new black robots and skateboard guy. And they threw me <laughs> onto. Um, another podcast where a friend of mine was, and that was uh, PJ and they uh, they run a show over there. I won't say the name, I'm not going to promote another podcast while I'm on. But- no,
1: feel free, no, that's fine,
0: um, but yeah, uh, the, the podcast called For All Nerds, for all nerds, yeah. yeah. And we got very lucky there, where like tons of people, um, in the area, they were like making a bunch of like a Netflix shows are being made then for Marvel. So they're just like, oh, we're going to throw Luke Page and everyone on there and a showrunner at you and just different showrunners for different TV shows uh, that were filming in the area started coming in. And, uh, one of those people, ended up being Brian Fuller. Oh, wow. Nice. And, uh, so that was a conversation that happened there where, um, he also started to ask like, what did we make of the first season? Et cetera, et cetera. And this is kind of like the best lesson I can give to a lot of people who, um, Want to work in a writer's room one day? We were very constructive with how he talked about season one. We we're like, these are the things we love. Here's some other stuff, and but this is how you how you build on from that. This is like how you uh, like it, how you can fix a problem, and you can make it not not only the first season even better, but every season going forward. How you change characters and things like that. And Brian Ford was like, cool, cool. And he left. We we're like, we're never going to see this guy. And then uh, <laughs> next thing you know, he came back with uh, uh, Michael Green with him. And mm-hmm. uh, Michael Green is the writer of uh, Logan and Blade Runner 2049 and also on oh, nice. guys And um, yeah, and uh, they were just like, well, congratulations, you moved to L.A. in two weeks. And um, <laughs> they were basically telling me I was a staff writer on the show. I uh, had not mm-hmm. wrote a script before or anything like that. It just kind of threw me into the mix. And so Ever since then, I have been living a very, I guess, Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a a writer (laughs) in LA. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's crazy. That is like that's just awesome.
0: That's amazing.
1: Now you were obviously a fan of of all this stuff before, right? I mean, this was this is not like a new 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 playgrounds for you to play in. You've you've been reading comics and watching movies and stuff like this for a while, right?
0: No, I hated it. No, no, no. Almost, almost, almost. Um, no, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been like a really big fan. And um, there, there's a lot of sp- particular spaces that I love more than others that we haven't seen in media um, as successfully done as we have um, in other particular spaces. Like when I think of uh, a lot of stuff that we could be doing that are similar to comics, like some of your best comics don't translate well to television. Mm-hmm. And um, there are writing techniques in other countries and things like that. Like, uh, like in Japan, they do a lot of the non-battle battle, where it's like you have Avengers level stakes. It's like you're intense at the same level as watching in-game, but none of these characters have touched each other <laughs> at any point, or even, <laughs> even been in the same room. You end up with stuff like. Death Note that uses that, or Squid Game that uses that. These characters don't have to punch each other or anything, but they're playing such intense games uh, with each other's minds and using their characterizations as weapons that the tension is even bigger than a huge blockbuster. So a lot of those things have been working to kind of apply over to my work right now.
1: Interesting. And so let's talk a little bit about, um, so, well, I already mentioned that you're working on Blade Runner origins. I want to talk about some of the other shows that you've worked on uh, first. And we'll, because we'll, Blade Runner is like the most current thing that you're doing right now. Right. Yes. Yeah. The uh, one of the shows I I want to bring up first is on Apple TV. It's called calls. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're about four episodes through that show. Now me and my <laughs> wife, this is, one of the most unique sh- when i when i read the synopsis i'm like why isn't this a podcast because it's all phone calls that people are listening you know that we're hearing these phone calls and the story plays out through the phone calls mm-hmm. like why isn't this a, just a podcast like why would why am i go- there's no people to see in this but the graphics and the way the, the animation
2: is really cool it, it's yeah. it's not it's
1: not animation like people it's like lines and and It is the most fascinating thing I've seen and along come one of the most unique ideas for a show I have seen. Tell me what it was like kind of, and how, how you came upon be a part of this show and uh, what that was like working for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there are two versions of the show and one, like the one that you've seen, like most shows is like built off of maybe another version. And, um, The one I was on was the first version and well, the second first version, (laughs) which I'll get to (laughs) uh, because uh, a lot of like we kind of like built character and story and it transferred over to the final version that you saw. Uh, The version that um, I worked on was with the creator himself, Timothy Hoche. And Mm -hmm. um, he actually has three seasons of the show already in France.
3: Oh wow!
0: and um it's been incredibly successful there it, he basically built a brand new horror genre for himself in the process and uh the the whole goal was to kind of like what can we do to kind of like bring that into america with this particular project um so hearing about this uh, from uh what it, like my showrunner on that show who's also a close friend of mine uh, it took him about a week to explain it to me. <laughs> like, it's, it's unique.
1: Horrible. Like I could, I yeah. don't think even my explanation just now. People are probably like, "What are you talking about, Jeff?" You just have to see it to know. Yeah, yeah. Really, I just have like, to watch. Ex- you have to experience it. Yeah, so it, it's pretty
0: cool. No, no, you're fine. It, it was just, it, it, it's a lot of that. It, it was a lot of like <laughs> him being like. It, it's a horror show, but it's a thriller. But it's you only see twenty percent of it, and I'm like, "What are we? What are we doing?" Like, you know, just, are you playing with me? With yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, the minute I saw uh, Timothy's uh, short, I was just like, "This! I need to be a part of this. This is such a wow. unique and a, like this brought up new levels of existential crisis in me." and I didn't see anything on screen at all and um it, I'm like I want to do that to people, <laughs> people that um so yeah it's been it, that was a really really wild experience and my first uh experience working with Apple it was really great. Yeah it,
1: it, it's funny you don't think about just like the voices would be enough to ratchet up the tension with these little animations but it it does and if I'm if I'm not mistaken it seems to have said in the description that these are all going to be like they all are interconnected somehow they're all con- because right now it it's, it feels anthology like you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. the first four have been Very. I mean the weird stuff has happened in all four you know but they they don't they don't right now appear to be obviously connected but somehow they are is that is that true
0: Yes uh like a, can, to a
1: whole a bigger story
0: I can say for certain season 1 is uh, I'm not sure about the following seasons. I'm actually on uh, a couple other shows now. So whatever they do over there, I wish them the best. But I remember <laughs> from where I was at. <laughs> Those stories are definitely connected.
1: Yeah. Well, folks should definitely check that out. Apple TV. Um, it's fantastic. The other show that you uh, have been, you know, on that it, it was – this I have a lot of questions about this one. It, yeah, it, Jeff's it kind a, of a
2: Neil Gaiman I mean, fan, so. Oh
1: my gosh, yes, Neil yeah, Gaiman so. and Stephen King are my are oh. my favorite writers' idol. So I, I hold on
2: to that. your butt, Mello.
1: No, no. Um, <laughs> American Gods was going so well. It, it well going so well. There was some behind the scenes stuff that wasn't going so well, obviously, and I don't know how much of that you witnessed or can speak to, but. Hmm. Suddenly they just said, no, we're just not going to do this anymore. And left it at like a place that is the worst to to leave it. Also, (laughs) it's not even a cliffhanger. And then I and then I'm on Facebook and I see ads from stars saying, watch all three seasons of American Gods. And they're like still advertising this show. They're still bringing in subscribers with this, but they won't finish it. I, I comment on every one of them I'm like I'm like why are you advertising a show you didn't finish <laughs> like don't fall for this don't don't subscribe it's not a f- complete story so tell us about American Gods experience uh, Um, and if, if you can I know with because Orlando Jones was helping write a lot of that correct yeah and yeah. there was some tension I think right no.
0: oh, there, there's a lot of stuff I can't even legally say <laughs> I had a feeling. Sure. <laughs> and
1: like, that's fine.
0: Um, like how much I've witnessed, a lot of it. How much can I talk about? I don't know. It's like uh, where we are. Uh, there's uh <laughs> there, there's uh yeah, where I guess where to where to start with that. Um so you're you're gonna to continue to see a lot of advertisements for it. And the mm. reason why is because American Gods is an expensive show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um And Stars, uh, after that first season, they definitely doubled down on that. And um, they weren't the only ones being the production company to the point where the production company may have got a little shy about it. And a lot of the issues that you saw happen with Stars may have been revolved around those problems. While at the same Mm -hmm. time, uh, if, uh, say, an investor is interested in having a show that is on the caliber of Game of Thrones for their network, um, they have to be willing to pay the price for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's, um, And a lot of that discussion is not, not always easy to have. And so a lot of weird things can happen. A lot of changes in um, management can happen, which that show has had a lot of change in management. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you may notice every season feels a little different for that exactly. Um, there, there's areas where the show is going, um, that, um, I've I've had long conversations with Brian and Michael Green about this, where they're just like, you could just, you never talk about it. (laughs) And, um, there's stuff that I have yet to see happen on television yet stuff that's so entirely big. It is, um, I, I still think about it to this day. And it's been about like four years since I was there. Uh, wow. And um, yeah, uh, one day uh, if I like quit the industry, I'm just going to be like, look at these scripts. This is how good, this is how good it was.
1: This <laughs> wow.
0: is wow. how close we flew to the sun. So yeah.
1: Oh man, I would love to see what, what happened with that. The um, now, It's like a future so- memoir. With something like that, had you, have you, had you read the book before? Like, was it, or did you have to read the book to, to start on the show? Like, how does that work when you're adapting Um, something like that?
0: So for, for that particular adaptation, um, I had already read the book. I had also, uh, looked into like spinoff books and where things go. The the spinoffs actually tell more conclusions as to where certain characters go as the war intensifies. And, um, Mm. And we were laying down the groundwork a little bit earlier than the books may have intended to tell certain parts of the story. Um, So that way we can kind of foreshadow what happens to characters and certain conclusions. Uh, I can't I I don't want to spoil the books for people who haven't read them. Sure. But um, a lot of main characters, uh, very main characters that you would see on episode to episode, chapter to chapter in the books don't make it early on. And then you're reading the rest of the books. Like, what am I reading now? And um, (laughs) that is very hard for TV shows to do (laughs) (laughs) to to be like, we need new stars and like things like that. And (laughs) and we were figuring out very creative ways um, to actually have those discussions. And um, yeah, yeah, it it was, it was cool. It was a, it was a wild first experience on television, uh, especially the, the chaos that was like unfortunately a lot of reporters started finding out about all all of this so right. when i'm like brand new in la i'm still trying to find a favorite place to get to go to eat and get a haircut <laughs> 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 i'm just like uh like you work in mellow uh, like that that like that american Guys room and i'm like uh i'm going uh, no. somewhere else and like <laughs> 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 it was a weird uh, weird year
1: yeah do you think if The one thing that we've noticed now with all these streaming channels and all these people making shows is when even when a show gets canceled, that doesn't necessarily mean it's over. Do you know if there's anybody behind the scenes, like still pushing to finish what they did, but somewhere else? Are they trying to move the production to another streamer? Have you heard anything like that?
0: I haven't personally. Um, a lot of things you'll find with both uh, writers and actors and producers is that the minute that you um, leave a project, it's like it never happened afterwards. <laughs> in your mind. Like you, you, uh, and the reason why is just because uh, it is for emotional reasons, it's better to divorce yourself from that franchise in your head until someone gives you a call asking you to come back and usually that's a very difficult conversation to have back because you're like i have severed that part of myself like that part of me is gone. so um and um not to say i do that with every franchise but a lot of franchises yeah like i'm just like uh like i i said what i had to say and i definitely moved on
1: (laughs) yeah i i love that book that's one of my favorite You know, game and books of all time. And so when that show was coming out, I was very excited. And I thought that I thought it it was disappoint. No, I thought it was pretty well. I mean, they change a a lot of things. Sure. Which you do a lot of times for television or any kind of adaptation. yeah. My only complaint or my only concern when they do that is if you're going to change it, like make it good, make it like something it better be as good or, right. or you're going to, you know, just do justice to the material. You don't have to do it word for word. That's my thing, you know? And I felt like it was doing that. Like I was, I was really enjoying kind of where this was going, even though some things didn't happen the way I thought they were. And then they just, Oh gosh, like with, right. It, it wasn't over. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, I think the hardest thing about writing in television right now is uh there's two things and they're 100 connected to each other um, if you create a new project and like an original concept and you take it to a studio they're like oh my god i love this you should definitely go write speed racer and like that's usually the case <laughs> they just throw you on. <laughs> you make something original and they throw you on an ip
5: mm. and it's just <laughs> like uh, uh like this is
0: an existing thing that will already generate money because of the name right. you have new ideas is what I heard. So put all those ideas into this property. And uh, then next thing you know, someone was like, yeah, um, that really dramatic um, romantic comedy I had got me a job on Ninja Turtles. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's usually how it works. Um, So then you get to the second part of the problem, which is um, how do you like... Who, who are you who are you aiming for when you're taking a swing at the bat like what part of the stadium are you trying to hit, hit this ball at because you're never going to please everyone because mm-hmm. there is a big conversation as a creative that if i am just writing the same origin story to the ninja turtles what are we doing here mm-hmm. why am i right. why, why 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 did why you hire and it's going to make so many people unhappy to just kind of see the same thing again. While hmm. make a ton of people who are just like, I'm just here to see the the like the colors updated. And right. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out what what's the margin to hit. While at the same time, like if you talk to the IP holders, they're the ones who are like making that tough decision. And like if you introduce something new, it is a three-month conversation of wow. constant meetings, PowerPoints, everything like this, just to be like. I think Raphael Sash should be a darker shade of light. And and that's usually the case. And so you go like piece by piece of just, but then you hit a point where you're just like, I have lived with these characters, Um, especially when you're writing it, you wake up, you start writing it, you go through many cups of coffee, you go through your entire day, you go into the night, you go to bed, you're dreaming about these characters, you wake up, you do the whole thing over again. So next thing you know, you're starting to think about the ideology of these characters. And um, you're just like at this place where you're just like, look, I've been living with these characters in my mind. And like I just suddenly accidentally discovered that Donatello is too strong of a ninja turtle. And uh, the reason why is because he is a scientist and a ninja and the rest of them don't have any other vocational skill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because Interesting,
1: you, yeah. I, I'm just going of it that
0: way. I'm just coming up with the stuff on the spot right now. As an example, right, right, right. I'm not For writing sure. Ninja Turtles.
2: <laughs> but, um, let's, so let's, let's not start... get that rumor out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. maybe maybe Leonardo is into cross stitch. We don't know what yeah. he's yeah. doing on the side, or or Michelangelo uh, collects Funko Pops. Well, yes. We should see yeah. that that side of them.
0: <laughs> but and then that's what the conversation you would be having with the IP holder and the investors and the, and the production company has oh to be like. What if we talked about what the rest of the turtles actually did? What if we made them as useful as Donatello with the the other skills they had on the side? And then we bring out some brand new stories that can flourish and grow from this. And we, we get to see interesting things about them. And that creates a brand new series about the Ninja Turtles to bring them up to the level of that one turtle is special in this particular way. And it took this writer living in that space to figure that out. So when you release it, now you're in a place where you're just like, I'm going to get a bunch of people who are just like, yo, this is cool. Like, I kind of like the idea of uh, Michelangelo kind of getting into K-pop or something like that. And then um, it, and then that takes it to another set of fans where Michelangelo is in the K-pop. kello you You ruined my childhood exactly (laughs) (laughs) completely ignoring that the original versions exist and so that is always the weird discussions when working heavily in television because even if you bring something original you will eventually end in a place where you're just like I'm getting like hate mail for Michelangelo (laughs) (laughs) and where I started was I wrote like a Shakespearean book so yeah it's, it's a very
4: weird place <laughs> <laughs> so how much autonomy do you have over writing um screenplays like when you're in uh like for american gods like how much autonomy did you have do you guys sit in a room you know around a table yeah. when you guys are all bumping ideas across the table or you know They're like flipping pencils at each yeah, other yeah like what do you guys how much yeah, autonomy yeah.
1: do you have um, like in there
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely... uh, So when you come in as a writer, um, like there's always... uh, For that particular show, it's a staff writer. Uh, In terms of roles, it's like staff writer, story editor, executive story editor, producer, um, director producer, executive producer, showrunner. And um, so I was way down here. (laughs) um, The goal of everyone that's under the showrunner is basically... Like the showrunner has a vision as to what the show is. Everyone already agreed to what that vision is. And what you're doing is you're filling in the gaps. You're providing the details. And for a show like American Gods, where there's tons and tons of characters, um, you need a ton of people in the room, especially in the specificity <laughs> of that. It is literally a show about how they all represent a different culture. And what are the conversations that they all are having with each other about where these specific groups of people exist in this place while also dealing with it in a fantasy metaphysical space. So it's um, usually us kind of like gathering in a room and we're just like a general thing where it's like Shadow needs to punch the leprechaun in the face in the second act on this one. And then he gets absorbed into an ethereal creature in the third act. And those are the main things that are supposed to happen in episode three. So what you need to do is get us from A to B, fill in all the gaps of what the other characters are doing, make every scene matter for the entire season. And then you just kind of keep a flow going in between there while also keeping the dialogue to make sure all these characters feel exactly as they are and that they're making the correct decisions for themselves in the process. And um, it, it's tons and tons of us bouncing off of each other, hard work. Um, legitimately writers' room, they don't work unless everyone cares about each other. And when it Mm -hmm. doesn't, you can feel it in the show. You can feel something's off on a show where you're just like, there's a different writer between episode seven and episode three, because you're not supposed to be able to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's kind of like in sync because you're still working with that one particular vision. But sometimes it you you do bump into those particular issues, and that's that's when it feels off. But that's usually the process. And when you're introducing something new, um, and you're at a lower level, it's way more fun at a lower level because you can come up with a cool idea, and everyone's like, "That's amazing! We got to put it in the show." And then everyone above you's got to do the work <laughs> to figure out how it, how it gets in there. And you're just like, "Yeah, I got a cookie today." You know, like, I'm going to go play uh, uh, a video game when I get home. Meanwhile, the producer's like, oh, God. That, that I'm going so to pay this. I agree.
4: I'm probably mad at you for bringing that idea. <laughs>
0: yeah, by by uh, 2 a.m.,
1: yeah, they hate me. So. <laughs> That's awesome. The, I've always wondered, like, is there a, um, especially with a book like American Gods, that has, you know, a beginning, middle, and end that, everybody knows, and you're probably going to mix up that a little bit. You were talking about filling in all the little gaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there, do you, do you guys map out the entire season when you're writing um, and fill in those gaps and then they go shoot it? Or like, like if you, if you, you get, let's, here's an example. If you get to episode, you filled in gaps, you get to episode seven and you realize in writing you haven't shot any of this yet you realize back in episode three you should have set something up that this guy i I want to do this with this guy well no we didn't establish that this this is his thing whatever it is we didn't establish that leonardo knows how to cross stitch we need to do that (laughs) and so you go back do you guys go back to episodes and like rewrite them like in the whole process so that you have a whole season or how does that work or do Uh, start shooting right away like when does that happen
0: Uh, if you're, if you're, it all depends on if your showrunner is on track. And it also depends on if you're a network show. Um, Mm. like, uh, if you are on a network show, you have to be the best of the best writer, um, to get out of good script. Uh, it personally, it takes me now a week as someone who writes every day. Um, if like, uh, we've worked on it, we have an idea of what the season's going to be and we say what every episode is going to be about. Then you go to a micro level and you start outlining every scene that's going to be in that episode to reach what that story is going to be. And then once you have the outline of it, you just send it to the writer and you're like, go, go, go make it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you just keep sending in drafts of them correcting it. Like, I don't like those characters hit said, here, do something better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this doesn't make sense. Rewrite this, go. And then you bring back the next version. And everyone's kind of off doing that. And what you're doing is um, the room is still going of people rotating in and out of uh, writing an episode and building the rest of the episodes in outline form. And if you're a good showrunner, that entire process is done before you go to shoot. If um, you stumble across of like, we lost this actor or this character or something like that, or like this character is broken, the season's not clicking anymore. You got to go back to rewrites. You have to go back to the beginning, send what you have to production. And we're like, just trust us. We're going to figure it out in the writer's room while you guys are are shooting. But, um, Mm -hmm. editing may have to do a lot of work, you know, like in case you have to rewrite (laughs) from the first episode. And so, um, if, when people start saying things like, we'll fix it in post, things are not going well. (laughs) So,
3: (laughs) it's really well.
0: (laughs) so um yeah that's usually as uh so those are the emergency situations but a lot of really great shows um tend to like really work on their feet really good on their toes and um a lot of shows are really like so one of my favorite shows on television because it is the weirdest thing i've ever seen is uh (laughs) riverdale
3: oh yeah um, Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and what they do is like that's a lot of freestyling in there. Where it's just like, sure. you know what? Season two, we're going to have three colts You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> three like they pick cults. something out of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like they like... pick the car Colt And then they're like, all right, so what's the B plot? And someone picked Colt. Again, again. And they're like you're not supposed to put the ticket back in the hat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, you exactly right. They were just doing it. We're gonna do another cult. All Let's right, what's run the third them. thing. <laughs>
2: oh, it's him again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're like, I also. These, did they, all
2: of these say cult. <laughs> who, <put this> <laughs> who who rigged this hat?
0: <laughs> and then they did them all. They did all three, and like a, a lot. And that is a show that is on a network. So they go through a really really difficult time. Of, uh, like, it's separate from streaming, where if you're on a network, you are often writing stuff while you're watching other stuff air. And oh, wow.
1: that's when I wondered, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that is a nightmare I have not been a part of yet because that will be entirely <laughs> nerve wracking. Like, if, <laughs> um, like, once I finish a script, I never look at it. Again. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I've written for a, I, I can't announce it yet. Um it is Are going you to sure be, you can't? I'm no, just I'm just kidding. i like, no, <laughs> Nobody it is,
1: listens to this podcast anyway. You're safe. So go ahead and talk. No.
0: It's a it's a Netflix show that is uh going to be based on one of the biggest video game IP ever. And oh, wow. um uh and everything's top secret right now. So technically has the same snipers as Disney, just- so I will never and oh. um <laughs> I'm NDA to death. And um,
2: <laughs> they're actually watching this podcast now.
0: <laughs> and like that, that was definitely the hardest show I've ever written for because it mm-hmm. has um, the game, that video game is so big mm. and has so much history that to explain it would be it, I, like, I, I was making graphs for our entire room to explain <laughs> that like characters popping <laughs> to explain up everything over, like, and how it all connects. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned into the Charlie Day board. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I remember getting uh, to the point where they're just like, all right, go write script. Go write your episode. And um, I remember writing it, locking myself in my room for a week and trying that script out turned it in and i was like i'm never going to play that video game again
2: you're
5: playing that game
0: I'm again never touching it i am just oh.
2: <laughs> you've had you had enough
1: <laughs> it's going to be animated right this is it's an animated show
0: it, it's going to be uh an anime yes
1: oh very cool okay
2: all right an so anime. biggest game uh of- Lots of lore, big <laughs> world. I'm, I'm just writing these. I'm just writing these hints it's now. I'm just writing this pong, things. isn't it?
1: We're finally getting pong. This the series. No, <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. I, I, Pitfall I Harry, just asked Siri. <laughs> I just asked Siri, and she said
1: battle. So I'm excited. Oh, I would watch the heck out of a Battletoads show. That that most recent game was so funny. Uh, I, I thought could, there
0: was one, but. Oh. The first oh, episode is yeah. all about the jets. There scheme. was
1: one back in the. I think there was one like way back, right? Like when the first yeah. one. But the the new game has like a. They've totally revamped the battle test.
2: There's a save function on the new game.
1: Yes, because which is the, cheating. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
2: that's cheating. But, uh, I,
1: no, I, it's, I remember. It's enjoying yourself. <laughs> it's not torturing yourself. That's what it is.
0: I remember a TV show because it was part of the anthropomorphic animal invasion.
5: Yeah, yeah, there's so many. It
0: was like everybody wanted their own Ninja Turtles. So it was like, Samurai Pizza Cats, Biker Mice from Mars, (laughs) Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, (laughs) Mummies Alive, Cowboys and Moo Mesa, Street Sharks.
1: Yeah, just all of it. (laughs) It was crazy. I would like to see that. I would like to see a resurgence of that. That would be kind of fun. Come hey, on, Street what Sharks! Was, what, what, was what else that? can we anthropomorphize in the in, in the in the twenty twenty uh, era?
0: Crisis on Infinite Anthropomorphia. Yeah, there you go.
2: Totally, that's a whole genre right. in itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we may have just come up with something.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna write that down. We're gonna write that down. Um, so, Melo, what's it like? How different is it writing for these TV shows that you've done compared to what you're doing? Um, and I'm going to say the amazing work that you're doing with Blade Runner Origins because I love, oh, so open, yeah. I love the direction that you and, and Kay are, are are taking it. I love the fact that we're seeing the beginnings of this. I also love the fact that um, there's diversity in the origins of blade, blade runner which i appreciate <laughs> so, so like yeah, yeah how different how different of an experience is it
0: uh, um, to go it, yeah yeah um it, it is definitely um so as i was describing all those positions and how the number one position uh, was showrunner mm-hmm. um for this particular project um, that is definitely the role that we've taken in, in the process for this. So it's actually, believe it or not, harder in, in a lot of ways than writing for television. Huh. Um, you are in a place where the what may be the most important part of the franchise, they they decided you're responsible for this now. Oh, um, how that okay. happened? <laughs> I, I <know>.
3: <laughs> Who entrusted <laughs> <laughs> um, me
0: with this? Those fools. Right. And in the process of writing it and what you're doing, you're realizing like, I could either write more Blade Runner, which is what was initially requested. It's the same thing as like uh, what I'm guessing JJ Abrams had a conversation about when making The Force Awakens. Mm.
5: It's like,
0: just make more Blade Runner first. Right. And um, sprinkle in the things that you like, um, that you would like to see in here. And we'll see if it's a success. And um, so volume one is definitely that. And it is definitely leaning more into like we're having these smaller conversations while it's still LA and things like that. And it it's yeah, it is it's specifically very, very much more Blade Runner as if I was writing a Blade Runner TV show. Mm-hmm. And um as that became more successful, we started having more conversations with people who are just like, we really like the weird places that you're going with disorder, the conversations that you're having about identity and, um, the, the way people exist here and like, um, like in, in, in a sense that police brutality is what 100% what makes up Blade Runners and yeah. you're hinting at that in a lot of places. And, um, then I have like a really difficult conversation with them where I'm like, Hey, while you guys are here, can we talk about that? You can't talk about identity embodies in the future without talking about the trans community? Mm. And can we also talk about how Blade Runner is built out of xenophobia in the 80s? Mm-hmm. And then can we also talk about how <laughs> basically women um, do really bad in Blade Runner? Like, and <laughs> we yeah. and can we also talk about, number one, which should probably have been the first thing I mentioned, Blade Runner's are slave catcher's? Yeah. <laughs> and, um,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, um, they're like, we'll get back to you. <laughs> and so um, you you hit that place where it's just like, if you want to talk about these things, you have to make it entertaining. You have to write better than my mentor, Michael Green. You have to write mm-hmm. better than Ridley Scott. You have to write at a capacity where you're going to be lying in like a pool of sweat on the floor because you wrote harder than you've ever written in your life.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you have to present it to them. And you're like, I think what I feel at this moment is that this could be the best thing I've ever written. And it could be one of the best stories I've ever in this franchise if you're willing to take a risk. But the risk is not going to be that hard because I promise you, it's really, really good. And then they read it and you cross the fingers that they agree. And then if they agree, it's usually due to the fact of like, it's not always because they want to, uh, they're like in a rush to say those things because they know the problems that come with it. Right. They're going to feel the backlash themselves directly, even before I do. Mm-hmm. And um, if they read it and they're like, this is what we need, then, yeah, uh, you you are allowed to go forward with these stories, but at the same time, you're going to be working harder than you ever had in your life. And the same thing goes for our artists, Fernando Mavino, Marco mm-hmm. Lesko, they are the art,
1: the art is great. Was well, since you mentioned yeah. it, mm-hmm. like it's I love it. Like it's there's so thank many you. different styles in comics right now, Um, and this is kind of it's it's a very kind of old school kind of style mixed with like an you know what I mean with like the new I don't know it just it seems perfect for that world. I really enjoy the art a lot. Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, like uh, I, I definitely will pass that along because they work so hard especially because uh where the story is right now um there is now a war and Mm -hmm. we recently just wrapped up a 22 page battle royale between four characters (laughs) and uh that was something we have built up to for six issues of (laughs) us like that that was the i was like i'm gonna talk about a lot of the stuff that needs to be talked about to progress this franchise into the future Mm -hmm. but to put syrup on these very like nutritional pancakes I'm about to feed you. What if I told you then we have a battle royale and Blade Runner? And it, uh, <laughs> and what if I also told you that the rest of these issues, we're gonna take Cyberpunk and then put it into Grindhouse. Oh they're like,
2: get
0: oh. out of here, don't do it. Give me those and, pancakes um, with that syrup. Yeah. and they're like you know what the syrup tastes a lot better (laughs) and so so that puts them in a place where like this is really exciting for the franchise and it it makes it also important that you have to make it good because now it is all canon Mm. Um, the story that we're currently doing it leads up to Ridley Scott's movie Um, none of that movie happens without the story that we're currently writing right now and um where it ends up is the most shocking place where it is going to have a twist that will recontextualize the movies in a way that um, I am already closing my DMs <laughs> <If I'm laughs> private, <It's> it, preemptively <laughs> shut it off <laughs> cutting it all I, off <laughs> I don't want people going up to Harrison Ford and asking him about <laughs> what we just did to the Blade Runner franchise—it'll uh, come in issue number twelve. Uh, it, yeah, okay. and uh, it's, it's going to—it's going to rock a lot of people. It's going to definitely put oh. a lot of jaws in the floor. Um, and it is the thing where I was just like, it, and it—I don't want to give it away too much, but um, I will definitely say. The thing that I approached them with that definitely was what triggered all these conversations was that because Blade Runners are slave catchers, no one in a right mind is going to root for the Blade Runners within the rest of these stories. Mm-hmm. Where you're in a place, and we kind of see that in the anime where they are trapped, only talking about the perspective of replicants because it is so much easier because, like, they're not punching down. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like in the Blade Runner stories, you're following a really horrible person and you're following uh, this noir story of them being like, are we the baddies? By the end of it, usually. And I was just like, I can fix that mm-hmm. forever for the franchise if you allow me to do it. And they were like, yeah. go uh, And like, and when I pitched them what it was, they were like, oh boy. And they thought about it for a while and they were just like, okay, we're, we're going to take this really huge leap and this is what Blade Runner... Is going to be about from here on out. So I am absolutely, I'm, I'm honored that they let me do it. Yeah, and um,
1: I can't wait. That's fantastic. (laughs) How how much, how much, if any, is Ridley Scott still like a part of any of this? Like, does he still own some of the IP? Is this, you know what I mean? Like, does he have any influence over the story, or is it just like out of his hands at this point? I don't know anything about how that works.
0: It's one of those uh, clear suggestions always kind of rules everything, where if he were to jump in and said, like, I am so interested in doing Blade Runner stuff, so fire that Mellow guy uh, <laughs> be out the door. Uh, sure.
5: But um,
0: he has uh, actually re- most recently, as uh, a lot of people have seen on the news, he's been very active within the Blade Runner 2099 uh, series right. coming to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that one takes place 100 years in the future which was a big sigh of relief I'm like oh thank god he won't want to talk to he's me not
3: right. going <laughs> the
0: other way want to talk about anything I'm doing. that's so good but um, but even uh, for what happens in the future issue 12 coming up is going to affect it and um, it, oh, it, it's, going to, it's going to affect everything forever so, oh, I can't um, wait
3: yeah,
2: it's already on my That's pull cool. list, so I can't. I just, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's been Crazy so good. Stuff, it's been man. so good, <laughs> so good. I, I, you know, oh, just coming you. from a personal, just coming from a personal point. I've known you for for quite a while now, and to see your journey from where we met to where you are now just fills me with pride. Uh, it's inspiring. I'm so excited and happy for you and proud of you. It, it's just, it always brings a smile to my face thinking about where you are and where you've been. So.
0: Likewise, sir. Like uh, I've always uh, seen like how much work you put in and like everything you do for like just in charity to so many communities and even this podcast itself probably too. <laughs> oh, thank
2: you. I sorry I got I, I got sappy, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> oh that's great. <laughs>
1: Well, we we actually are coming up on time. And so I want to, I want to, first of all, thank you, Mello, for, for being here. It was absolutely a pleasure talking to you. I, I mean, I could keep geeking out for another hour and have all, I still have lots more questions. So we may have to have you come back uh, maybe after this big reveal, maybe in, in our uh, second se- or our third season when we start that. Uh, after the summer, we'll, go, we'll talk good. about what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, know? dude, you can you can yell at me live.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I re- I respect the the creative process. People are doing do stuff. I am not one of those people who's like. I mean, I might not agree with what what a story where somebody took a story that is beloved to me, but. That's okay. I whatever you, you know what I mean? Like as a creative person, I've got a hundred ideas of how I think it should have gone. I had, I had half a screenplay written for, uh, what, what became, um, uh, revenge of the Sith. So it was after attack of the clones, we we were anticipating what was coming next. I had some great ideas and uh, someday I'll share them on the show. Uh, Utah knows one of the ideas that I had w- would have been one of the most epic scenes in star Wars ever, but nobody listens to me. Um,
3: I didn't so listen to you when that. you, told
1: you know me the I mean? first time. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So everybody's doing something different. And like I said, my, my thing is if you're going to take something I love and uh, just do something cool with it, like I just make it cool. Like if, as long as, I was a big fan of the books, Dexter books. The show is actually a thousand times better than the books. Yeah. And completely different. Yeah. So they took the books and went and just went in another direction. And I'm just like, Whoa, like this is great. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, I'm not, you're not ruining my childhood. I mean, I had a great time <laughs> watching those movies when I was, a kid. So I hate it is I, what it uh, is, right? I
2: hate that argument so much. It's like, what do you mean they the, all your copies of the original Ghostbusters movie just disappear and went poof? No, yeah, you can the, still yeah, watch the that.
0: That you buy the ticket. Yeah, that's how right, all right. No, no like, you
2: can <laughs> you can still watch it.
0: Anyways, uh,
2: that's a whole that's a whole other episode. <laughs> sure <it>
1: is. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for being here. Like I said, uh, if you're if you're amenable to it, we'd love to have you back um, uh, after this big. Especially after the big twist, so we'll ha- we'll have Ooh, some yeah. time to after issue twelve to let it percolate, and then we'll maybe we'll see you in, uh, in the fall or something when we come back. Um, but thanks to uh, Utah and Aaliyah for being here as always. I'm waving. I, uh, <laughs> I do want to thank uh, uh, just, for uh, cop, just for our just for our listeners
2: because they don't see me waving, so I have to say I'm right. waving.
3: <laughs> this has
1: become a tradition. I-
2: Audio <laughs> oh, wave. Yeah. yeah, I'm the only one who doesn't right.
1: wave though. I don't wave. I'm not waving
2: because you don't say it. <laughs>
1: Um, But because no, I uh, to you. <laughs> want to give everybody one more reminder about Saint Baldrick's. If 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 you have if it's on your heart to help out, great, we'd love it. Um, again, we've got the show notes with all of the information. So we're gonna be. Uh, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna. I wanted to make sure I tell people about next week. That was started to the do the. So next week is exciting. So Mello, we've been doing some writing actually. Oh. So we're we're, we're uh, trying to <laughs> become face. writers He's ourselves. He's like, have we?
4: Have you started yet, Utah? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short story. Well, I haven't either. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. right. busy, man. So <laughs> but the that's topic hilarious. is option I, one. So
1: Yeah. So we have our good friends uh, at Promptly Written Podcast. They do uh, prompts based on their... Uh, listeners on their Facebook page. And then they write a short story. They read it on the show. They discuss the process of how they come up with the idea. All this. It's really cool. If you're into writing or if you're just into good stories, you can, you can listen to that. But if you're also into writing, it's really cool to just kind of that little, that dialogue. It's just like how, how they went through the process. And that's Matt Shigaric, which is a good friend of ours. And then Ian Lewis, who is, has written a bunch of books and uh, is doing this show. Now they're good friends of the show. We decided we're going to do a massive uh, podcast crossover. So we're going to have a, a crossover. It's the, it's the uh, infinity war it, of right. <laughs> world gun. <This> geek. Is, <laughs> um, welcome no, to, to, welcome to
2: the world gun geek cinematic universe.
1: Exactly. Um, But yeah, so what's going to happen is you're going to have to listen to both episodes. So you're going to listen to their show and And our show show. to kind of get all of the stuff. So their show is going to come out on the 6th or 7th um, of March. I forget when he said that it's it's a day after ours so next sunday march 6th matt's probably listening to this going dude like we He's talked funny. about this how many times did i in, in our in our group chat yeah, yeah. how many times did i keep asking him, when is this happening again thanks
2: for caring so much as to remembering when
1: i don't i know that ours is march 6th we're going to go record his show on tuesday night i know we're recording their show tuesday On their show, we're going to hear their stories. We're all going to discuss them. We're also going to discuss the book, The Demolished Man by Alfred Bester, which I uh, thought was really great. So we'll we'll kind of all decide how we feel about that book. And then I should start um, reading that too. You haven't read that yet? (laughs) Me neither. Come on, guys. um, It's Tuesday. I'm doing the audible. I can just listen to it on a drive. There you go. Yeah. At least get the Cliffs notes or something, right? They still make those, right? It's not even Cliffs anymore. It's somebody else now, I think. Oh,
4: really? Wow. (laughs) These kids today will never
1: know the power. Cliff of notes. Notes. Exactly. Yeah. They sure <laughs> uh, and then if you watch us next Sunday, uh we will do our stories on that show and Matt and Ian will be here with us. To talk about our show, our stories So I finished my story But it needs to rewrite, like it needs some some Work still, but I finished it Like
2: Overachiever. This is
1: one of the things that was so That's great you're, I you're, love the writer. To write.
2: you're the writer of it. I show.
1: haven't written in years It just hasn't had time And so I really enjoy the fact that This is happening because it's really It, it got me back into it, I finished something <laughs> It's about 3,000 words We were supposed to wait, do 2,000 Hold on a second <laughs> No, he said, well his longest has been Four thousand. So we've got some wiggle room. Can I um,
4: write like a poem, yeah. like a a, 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 yeah, I, a
1: story I think, poem? No, listen. One hundred percent. I think if whatever. That's you, if that's who you are, if that's what how you like create, then and it, it fits the prompt, that's what you should right, do. Great. I yeah, I'm say. I'm
2: doing an interpretive dance. So
1: <laughs> I was gonna say Utah's Utah's doing an, a ukulele. ballet you do that?
2: I hadn't thought of that. I should that's write a song.
1: That would be great. <laughs> Now that I've just said that, people are going to expect that next <laughs> yes. week, Utah. So you better be ready. I might have to do double um, duty. Actually. <laughs> I guess so. I, uh, but I, I'm really excited about the opportunity to write again. It's really put the bug back in me. So I'm, I'm, uh, hopefully that will continue uh, as, as a creative outlet. But yeah, join us on that show. The prompt, as Aaliyah said, so when you're putting, when you're creating a poll in Facebook. It automatically populates with option one, two, three kind of thing, right? That you can fill in. Well, somehow Matt fat fingered as he was creating the poll and left option one, the word, op, the words option one as one of the option. options to vote for. Yeah. And then you, then other people wrote some in and then people started voting. Well, guess which one, won? option, one option, one, which is, <laughs> so option that's one? that's the prompt option one. So uh, we'll have to see where where everybody goes with that. I think it's going to be interesting. My first but, my my uh, first
2: draft was basically uh, the the voicemail maze that you call that you the yeah. customer service. That that was my first. I,
1: draft. I started there. Oh, did you I started there as well? <laughs> where I ended up though, that was my original idea was something like that, but it was going to end up being some kind of you know weird thing would happen, and you know yeah, he reads over, Stephen
4: yeah. King, so come on.
1: Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> gonna be a Stephen King type thing. Uh instead, um I, I went in a direction I don't think anybody's expecting. So I think okay. I, I'm the only one who went this direction. Okay. Just because you're the only one that's wrote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well <yeah. laughs> Matt and Ian have Matt might still be working on his. He said he's a procrastinator, right? Up to the last minute. Totally he but we are all
4: procrastinators. Yeah. Wow.
1: So I am too. Yeah, definitely. This is the earliest I've ever been like well, done with something. We're not, I still have to revise. We're
2: something. not going over our stories until March sixth. The sixth. So.
1: We're doing it live yeah. on the show. Yeah. yeah. So we've. got Yeah. Talk. So Tuesday night we don't have to have no, it ready. No, no, no. They ha- they have to be ready by Correct. Tuesday when we record. Plenty of time. But anyway, so March sixth we'll record. We'll do the show live right here with them. They'll be guests. We'll drop it as a podcast the next day, and then I think the f- I think it's like the f- I don't know it's like the f- just the day after or something add, is when it drops it. Add
2: add the date and post, Jeff. It's going to be on. I will March second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll just record. <laughs> um, anyway, it's been uh, a great. So that's that's what's happening next week. <laughs> I wanted to make sure everybody knew. Uh, and now I can play this music so that we can go out. I do want to thank uh, again Mello for being here. We want you guys to follow us on all of the socials. We'll have Mello's socials in the show notes as well, uh, so that you can follow him and find out what this secret Netflix project is when it finally uh, is revealed. Uh, We thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great one.
2: Home life of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: The podcast is real
4: is a World Gone Geek production.